Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Hey, produce people, welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I'm honored to be here, coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is April 24, 2023, everyone, the last Monday in April, and I am traveling to Canada for the Canadian Produce Marketing Association show that's happening this week. Now, we do still have a couple announcements before we get started. Did you attend the virtual networking hour last Thursday on April 20th? Yeah, that's right. We were getting high on paying farmers fairly, everyone. So be sure to check in with me. Get registered for those virtual networking hours every month and stay in tune with what's up to date in the industry as well as networking with future colleagues. And on top of that, did you see the live session with Jeff Hudson Searle, The Trust Paradigm? What is trust? Jeff and I go over his new book, The Trust Paradigm, and how to incorporate TI, trust intelligence, into your business. Now, in just a couple more weeks, we've got the West Coast Produce Expo in Palm Desert, California. I'll be there May 16th through the 20th in California in the groves with Golden Star Citrus for the farm tour. The podcast will have a booth with Golden Star. We will be in the foyer representing the produce and supply chain industry. Now today, our featured guest right from Canada, a family-run farm since 1973 and North America's largest producers of fiddleheads. Today, we've got Britti Mirage on the line, and we are going to talk all things fiddleheads. That's right. I said fiddlestick. She was like, no, Pat, fiddleheads. So you know what? Let's get this episode started. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Amazing to say this has finally happened. Now, everybody, I got to tell you the story because this is my fault, and Brittany, you would have been on the show, I would say, years ago because... In Anchor and Spotify, they've got this little message board section that you could actually send a message to the podcast host. What, Brittany, I think it took me two years to, to check those messages. Something like that. Who's counting? <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you that I ignored it because I had no idea that those messages were there. So when I logged on to Anchor, I was just you know messing around, looking at all the features and I would say after three years of running a podcast, I don't look at my numbers daily anymore. It's I look okay. at them like monthly. So I just didn't know it was there. So everyone, she reached out and said, do you know what fiddleheads are? I thought she was messing with me, everyone. I'm like, what's a fiddlestick, right? And right, Brittany? And it was just <laughs> one of those fun things that, you know, we we met um, unconventionally. And then it was interesting because, you know, Mimo Franzoni at Longo's. And they just, it kind of all came together. Am I right? That's right. Listen, Patrick, you're forgiven. We're here now. (laughs) (laughs) We could talk fiddleheads, not fiddlesticks. I I mean, no fiddlesticks is what I was like, what are these things? And what's crazy is I I told you it was kind of a meant to be moment because when I ran into, well, one, we said we were going to see each other at Viva, right? Right. I ran into Mimo. Mimo's like, I was like, hey man, you want to go chill? He's like, no, I can't. You know, (laughs) I got to go meet this, uh, um, this business owner. Uh, her name is Brittany. And I was like, Brittany with the, the fiddlesticks girl. And he was like, fiddleheads. And I'm like, whoa, 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 where? And he's like, she's right over there. I was like, I'm supposed to be meeting her. This Boom. Now we're, con- now we're connected. We got to see each other in person. 
Yeah, it was it was great meeting you. And the funny thing about that is both Mimo and myself are in the GTA here in Canada, and we had never had a chance to meet in person before. And then we go to Dallas, and of course, we meet in Dallas. So it was hilarious. Well, listen, for our listeners, so they don't think we're talking fiddlesticks out there, let's give a, our listeners a 30,000-foot overview of what fiddleheads are and the organization, because I think there are a lot of people that truly just don't know, like myself. Yeah, um, and happy to share because they're such an interesting little vegetable. So yes, they are a vegetable. They're a young fern that's just starting to unfurl. So picture curling up like the end of a violin or a fiddle. Hence the name Fiddlehead. Now, Patrick, you can forget the name. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And you pick the fern when it's only about three to six inches off of the ground. Otherwise, if you let it keep growing, it becomes this beautiful but inedible plant. So the window to actually forage, each fiddlehead is wildly short. Maybe you'll have 48 hours to pick that fern. Wow. Now you said forage. I, I, I know the definition a bit, but can you give our listeners like what's the, what is forage? I mean, because forage girl fiddleheads, right, is, is your brand out there. But what is forage? What does that mean? Yeah. And I won't give the, the, the textbook definition. Yeah, please don't. Give us, the, give us the Brittany version, please. Well, what we do and what we mean by foraging is just that our fiddleheads, we don't spray with pesticides. We don't farm them in rows. We don't, you know, maintain land in some certain way. We let the fiddleheads grow as they are naturally. They've actually been grown and consumed for thousands of years. So there's no need for us to farm the land. So for foraging for us, we go, we watch the land, and we wait until it's the perfect time to pick that fiddlehead, and we pick it by hand. So that's another interesting thing. All of our fiddleheads, about 200,000 pounds as last year, were all handpicked. No machines, no scissors, no knives. Everything is by hand. Handpicked, handpacked, hand-delivered. I mean, there's a lot of organizations out there that still do that. Interesting one is Noble Citrus and the Starburst Pomelo. Those are hand-picked, hand-packed, and as we say, hand-delivered, right? But it, it is true. There's very, I would say, um, specialty crops that, you know, they're trying to get robots to pick it, right? And they're trying to do a lot of different things. Now, uh, the company, and I'm doing more research on it, I wanted to keep this as, I would say, open as possible, but I didn't know anything, right? I was like, I got to know what, you know, from you. When was the company started, and how the heck was... I mean, it seems like your family started this organization, your second generation. Was your dad and mom just walking through a field and was like, oh my God, let's pick these. Like, how did this, how did this concept even come about? Funny you ask, and you're not that far off. <laughs> oh, I, I knew it. <laughs> We've been in business since 1973 and Nick Secord, he was the founder of the business. He's from the East coast of Canada. He was just walking the land with a friend one day and his friend worked for the local grocery store and Nick wanted to go fly fishing on the Restigouche River. And so as an exchange, the friend said, if you pick me some of these fiddleheads on this land, I'll take you fly fishing. So Nick did that. The year went on. The following fiddlehead season, somebody from the Atlantic region called Nick and said, hey, I heard you're the guy that was picking the fiddleheads. Can I get some of those? So ever since then, business born, there was an opportunity. People want fiddleheads. And now we serve all of Canada and um, into the U.S. as well. I think that's amazing because, I mean, that is truly how some companies are started, right? Like by accident, right? It's it's amazing to, to see that. Now, you're 
second generation and you're taking the business to a new level, right? Uh, 1973, just walk, oh, let's go fly fishing. Oh, let's pick this, right? Uh, that's, it's very hard to come by, right? And to see that it's lasted, right? Over 40 years, that that's amazing, right? And And I'm looking at these trying to figure out like, this would be a cool crop to go see. You know, talk to me when you think about like indoor ag, they've got the system down to where once it's produced, it could be on the store shelves within 24 to 48 hours. What about fiddleheads? What is the, you know, from production time or picking time to the store shelf, how, how uh, quickly and how fresh do these get to the stores? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I'm glad you asked that. That's us. We we get to store shelves as quick as 36 hours. We have our pickers who go out in that day, say it's a Monday, they're out foraging, they get their fiddleheads, they bring them to us at our plant in Quebec. And we have our doors open from 4 to 8pm. At 8pm, we close our doors, we have our night staff who wash the fiddleheads. So it's one round of washing. And then we soak the fiddleheads in cold water to bring down the temperature overnight. In the morning, the next day, on Tuesday, our staff starts and they wash the fiddleheads again, inspect again, go through all that process, package, it gets on the truck that late morning or that early afternoon, and it gets to the retailers. So it's that fresh. That's fresh. I mean, that's like the indoor, uh, all the indoor farming. I mean, I always ask that question because they are, they're making a new way of, of getting lettuce and microgreens and a way of getting to your store right after after it's harvested. One of the, the biggest issues you know in supply chain is the storage aspect of, of all products, right? Keeping the supply chain intact, not breaking the cold chain. That's huge, right? And uh, that's a question I had. Do these things have to be cooled? Are they uh, room temperature? Like how, how are fiddleheads actually stored and when they go out into production? You're asking all the right questions. It's as, it's as if you have uh, experience in the industry. <laughs> um, fiddleheads are very temperature sensitive because we don't spray them with any chemicals. The only way to control their quality is through temperature. So like you were saying, that, that consistent cold temperature as close to freezing as possible, and they'll keep fresh for up to a month. Really? That's insane. How are they? I, and again, I, I'm asking these questions because I want our listeners to engage in this, but it's like, how are they packaged individually in bags? Like it's like Brussels sprouts where they come in like a bag of like 10 of them. Like I've never, are they in the US? Like, can I go to Publix or Walmart and find these? Like I, what are they packaged in? What would I look for if I was a consumer? Yeah, so they're, they might be new to you and to some listeners, but they have an old history with the US and with Canada. People have been eating them for thousands of years. The indigenous people used to actually look for fiddleheads for medicinal purposes. And so restaurants have fiddleheads. They love that elevated experience and retailers and grocery stores too. In grocery stores, you might see our bulk fiddleheads. So if you're browsing through the produce aisle and you see your Brussels sprouts or your mushrooms that are loose, the fiddleheads would be around there too. Or we have our package, which actually is in plant-based custom built trays. We're a leader in that space and they have our logo on them. They're half a pound each and you could find that too. So Patrick, make sure this upcoming fiddlehead season, you go to your produce section and you ask for fiddleheads. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop the tapes. When is fiddlehead season? I don't even know. It's coming up. Am I like, I gotta put it on my calendar at this point. Like I get all these other updates on my calendar. You know, that's one thing that I would love to do. Like I get all, you know, you know, your Apple calendar, how it's like, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, uh, you know, Lincoln's birthday. Like, I want to have one that shows when crops come out, right? Like California onion crop, 
Quebec fiddlehead crop. Like that way I could see like, oh, this is an important month right now, right? Not saying that all those others are not important, but when you're in farming, when you're in ag, sometimes we definitely miss some of the rotation crops, right? Some of the specialty crops, we just, we miss sometimes because they're only maybe four, three or four months, right? And we don't know about them. Heck, the Deco Pond Tangerine, which is like that Sumo or the Peels brand, it's only out for three to four months. If you miss it or you don't know, you're missing out on a great piece of fruit. Seriously. So I think this is amazing. Um, we're going to cut to a quick break. And when we get back, one, we, we got to talk about the So You Think You Can Cook. Okay. We'll talk a little bit about that. We're talking about what's new, what's on the horizon, and a few fun facts about Fiddlehead. So let's cut to break. We're going to hear from some of those sponsors and relationships in the produce and supply chain industry and be right back. JGLC, the place to be, a third-generation, family-owned and operated asset-based company. Throughout their 60 years in business, integrity, reliability, and loyalty to their customers has remained their top priority. JGLC guarantees 24-7 communication with your personal logistics coordinator. They offer competitive pricing without sacrificing services. They operate throughout the United States and Canada. JGLC's customers count on them for dependability and dedication carried out on every order, every time. 60 years of service for all your trucking needs. Visit them at JGLC.com for your custom quote. Discover orchard freshness on Amazon Fresh with Arctic Apple Slices. Arctic Apple stays orchard fresh longer than other prepackaged, pre-sliced apples. This means less waste and no more half-eaten apples. Plus, you'll love the undeniable freshly picked flavor. Arctic Apple Slices are available in convenient grab-and-go bags in both Arctic Golden or Arctic Granny varieties in select markets on Amazon Fresh. Packable, snackable, 100% irresistible. Are you ready to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is unique, practical, and easy. AgTools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry, from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360-degree decision-making day after day. Visit us at www.agtechtools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now, back to our show. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. It's always great to hear from Dynamite sponsors creating Dynamite content for the produce and supply chain industry. Today, we are talking all things Fiddleheads. That's right, with Forage Girl Fiddleheads, we are talking with Brittany, and she is educating me on what Fiddleheads are, where to find them, what they look like, and even the seasonality of them. So let's welcome back Brittany. Thanks, Patrick. Listen, I'm having a, I'm having a great time. Um, I always say I'm having a great time when I'm learning, expanding uh, my knowledge base. And then what I get to do is I get to talk to people about your company, right? About fiddleheads. Because someone's going to go, what was that episode about fiddleheads, man? And you're just like, okay, let me, let me get into this because this is new for me. It's like, you know, when you buy a new car, you show everybody your new, hey, I got a new car. Oh, check it out. You're not trying to get them to buy your car. You're just trying to show them how excited you are that you got this new car and that you enjoy it, whether it's a Hyundai, uh, whether it's a Chevy, 
you're not telling them, go out and buy it right now. You're showing them your passion and then they get to make their own decision on, hey, this person was so passionate about this. Maybe I'm going to check out the Hyundai next time around. Or maybe when I go into the store, I'm definitely going to pick up the fiddleheads and check them out this time. That's what we're doing. We want to we elevate people to just go check it out. Right, Brittany? Right. And it's exciting too, because the timing of this podcast could not be better. We were just talking about the seasonality of fiddleheads and fiddlehead season is coming up in just a couple of weeks. So um, you mentioned that some crops are only available for three months. Fiddleheads are only available for six weeks in your grocery store. So like you said, you can blank and you could miss them, which might be part of the reason why some people still don't know what fiddleheads are. All right. Well, as you know, I've been to Canada. I, I don't know if you know this, but my family's from Canada. I don't know if I've told you this. So my okay. dad was born in Edmonton, Alberta. Our family still lives in Edmonton, Alberta. We've got over probably 50 to 80 relatives up in Edmonton, cousins, second cousins. That's where my family's from. My grandmother uh, migrated over from Canada uh, from the East. And it's, we, our family is immigrants in the United States. My brothers and I are first born in the United States. We're the only Kellys that live down here. Uh, the rest of our family are the McCulloughs up oh. in Edmonton, Alberta. So uh, I have a little bit of lineage going into Canada. Uh, I'm I'm going to start asking my cousins if they've purchased <laughs> fiddleheads. Uh, I'm going to have to check, see if they know about it. Uh, but yeah, that's it's amazing to see some of these products. Again, six weeks, like you said, you blink and it's gone. And that's we have to be really up on when our seasonality of products come. That's why we get to get that calendar out. I think that'd be an I amazing calendar. Great, great idea. I want that calendar. Right? Because then we can at least have fun and be like, okay, we know when this product's out. Okay. So, well, let's get, let's get a little deeper when we talk about the products. Like, I got to ask you, what's with this So You Think You Can Cook? I've heard So You Think You Can Dance. I watch that. Okay. Like I watch So You Think You Can Dance. I've, I watch all the culinary shows and the competitions. <laughs> what, do, what do we have going on with the So You Think You Can Cook with the fiddlehead, you know, culinary competition? I got to hear about yeah. this. So years ago before COVID took place, because we've had to put it a little bit on the back burner, but we would host this competition surrounding fiddlehead season where we would get chefs to enroll and they would put together their very favorite, most unique fiddlehead dish. And we would host it at different locations throughout Canada. And we'd have some of our celebrity judges come in and they'd rate the dishes. It would be an event of hundred to 200 people and we'd all get to try the different dishes. One was a fiddlehead ravioli. That one was incredible, it stood out to me. They've even had fiddlehead smoothies before mixed with pineapple. So really, really unique as if the vegetable wasn't unique enough on its own as it is. <laughs> there was some interesting dishes that were put to place and we partnered with Sick Kids here in Canada to, to help with the proceeds. That's really cool. I, I had to ask about that. I think I think that'd be a fun uh, event to come to and get some good footage on it. Especially, I, listen, I think going to the field and getting videos of this being picked and harvested would be uh, amazing content to have some fun with. And I think that that's what people need to see, right? They need to see the whole process from harvest all the way to having a chef cook it to understand, hey, this is where the food comes from. And on top of this, this gives me an idea of what I can do with it. Think about the uh, the dragon fruit or the pitaya. Um, people don't buy that because when they look at it in the store, they're like, uh, what is this? Well, it's off of a cacti, right? Like you're, you're pulling this, uh, from cactuses and, and that's, what's crazy. The cacti, you know, is a weird looking, I would say 
plant and you know it's got thorns on it and you know you look at this thing when it gets to the store it kind of has a little brown end on the butt like kind of like it looks weird so a lot of times i've been told oh i passed that up in the store i don't even mess with that and that's the problem because that's why the tropical category has such an issue because nobody knows how to pick it in the store because they look at it and they're like oh my god what is that how am i going to eat that what do how do i cut it what do i cut it heck for the longest time i didn't know that mango had a seed right down the middle and when you cut it you had to slowly go around the seed so all the times i used to think man this, this mango is bad i don't know what's going on with this mango it's not i'm not it's not eating properly right so it's it's crazy how we in our own minds can create the perception and not purchase something because we just don't understand it Right. We hear that with fiddleheads too, that some people think that they're an intimidating vegetable when really, I mean, just as you cook asparagus or a Brussels sprout, pretty easy. And fiddleheads too, you just rinse them after blanching or sauteing or steaming them. You saute it as a stir fry, throw it in a quiche and when in doubt, put it on a pizza. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you could do that. So you can air fry these too? You blanch or you steam them first. Get them a little hard. Is that what you're trying to do? And then yeah. So so just like asparagus or Brussels sprouts. Oh, I've, perfect. I've never, yeah, you just give them a quick cook. They they don't taste good raw anyway. Um, so you want to cook them up and throw them with as a side dish if you'd like. Listen, I am a Brussels sprout king. I love Brussels sprouts. I do not boil my Brussels sprouts. I do not bake my Brussels sprouts anymore. I air fry my Brussels sprouts. Like it is just like hands down. And I've like figured it out now and like what to do. Sometimes you got to cut them in halves, cut them in fours. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think this is uh, worth a try for my, my culinary expertise, which is very low on the totem pole. <laughs> Chef here, Patrick Berry below the totem pole. Like, actually, no, Patrick's like down the street. He's not even involved in the whole cooking process. That sounds delicious and a lot more sophisticated than the way I cook them, which is just Garlic, olive oil, Parmesan cheese. That's my favorite. I can eat that every single day during the season. Okay, so that's the same as my Brussels sprouts. So what I do is I will put, I will cut them in half. I'll I'll put namely um, grapeseed oil just because it burns a lot slower than uh, high other oils. Um, I spread it with like a barbecue pork rub. So I'll put pork rub all over it, all over the Brussels sprouts. And then I just, I'm come on, you got to get in there, get them all together, spray some more Brussels sprouts. I'll put about a um, little bit of vinaigrette in there before, right? And then I'll put them in the air fryer for about 10 minutes. Then I'll bring them out. I will then put more vinaigrette on them, add bacon bits inside the air fryer for about three to five more minutes, dump that out, right? Put it on a plate, sprinkle some feta or goat cheese on top, drizzle, drizzle with maple syrup, sugar-free, obviously to keep the calories down, um, but sugar-free. And you actually now have a dish of Brussels sprouts. I think we could try that with fiddleheads. You lost me at barbecue rub. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it yes. amazing though. <laughs> Sometimes I do lose people at the barbecue. But people ask me all the time, they're like, you put barbecue rub on there? I said, yeah. He said, because it's just like having a good, uh, you know, pork or steak or chicken, you know, listen, cook chicken without any, any season on it. It doesn't taste like anything. You add onions, you add all the, it starts tasting like a, a real meal. Right. So that's what my buddy Shay Myers told me. He's like, the more onions you put in, the more flavor you'll have in your chicken. We can agree there. We can definitely agree. So what, so let's talk what's new. What's on the horizon for fiddleheads. What are we looking forward to 
as we're, you know, coming into the summer months and, you know, we're looking into the winter, you got production on the way. Uh, but if you were to look at, you know, Forage Girl as a whole and what fiddleheads are doing and what your impact is, what's new and on the horizon? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, thanks for asking that too. We're currently working with the University of Guelph, their environmental sciences department to study post-harvest storage of the plant and to learn just more about the beautiful green vegetable because there's still so many unknowns about fiddleheads. So by partnering with a world-class university like the University of Guelph, we're just trying to learn more and trying to educate ourselves better. So that way we can in turn provide consumers the freshest fiddleheads. And fiddleheads is all we do. We don't do mushrooms or any other vegetable. We stick to fiddleheads and we're just interested in perfecting the little vegetable. And that's what it should be, right? You're not trying to be all things to all people. You're you're really focusing on fiddleheads. And I, I want to see it. Like, this is one of the things that I'm going to have to try now because I want to see, you know, what I can do with it and what it tastes like. I have no idea what to expect, seriously. Like, in my head, I'm like, it's going to be, like I said, when you think of like asparagus or Brussels sprouts, right? You Like you said, it doesn't taste like, don't eat okra right out of the package, right? <laughs> like, if you do, it's fine, but you're going to be like, oh. you're going to eat yeah. like, I should have fried this, right? Uh, so I think this is one thing we definitely have to touch on. We definitely have to check out and and try it, right? I think that's part of you know educating our community, educating the process. Now I do have a crazy question, and hopefully I might, I'm not throwing you off here. So when you think about forage, right? You said it's not like it's not like a full cultivation. Not like you have 80 acres and you plant them in rows and all right. this. I'm concerned, but. I want to be enlightened on the sustainability aspect of this, right? You said that you said earlier, no pesticides, no herbicides. So you're, it's naturally growing. So in the community of people like thinking, oh no, food safety, and I look at your sustainability, how do we get past that? Is there a sustainability aspect? Is there a food safety aspect to this? I'm just curious about that. It's an important question, absolutely. And some people are fortunate enough to have their own little patch of fiddlehead ferns in their backyard, or they come across them in the woods. And what's really important about it is that we harvest only half of the plant. So there's this thing called the crown and that's where the fiddlehead ferns grow out of. And you might get six to eight ferns within that crown, only harvest half of them and the plant will live on. Again, these plants have been around for centuries. And as long as we respect the plant and do our part and play a stewardship role in the plant, then we're we're great and every season they'll grow back on their own. I love that. Yeah, the the thing about fiddleheads too, what is the wildest thing in my mind is actually the nutrition aspect of it. They have two times the antioxidants of blueberries and they're a vegetative source of omega-3 and, and omega-6. And that type of concentration of omegas is unusual in any sort of vegetable. True that. I like that. I like I like how you put it in the, the, the sustainable practice way and understanding it. Because again, you could look at this and say, well, how do you manage that then? Right? Well, the packing house is where your production is. It's still probably, uh, you know, have food safety, have all the requirements, right? So I, I like that because again, I, I was thinking about that. I was, I was looking at some of the pictures and I was like, how do they monitor food safety in this aspect, right? Because that is a big play when you when you're in retailers. When when you, well, not in retailers. When you're selling food to anybody, right? I mean, seriously, I mean, it's a bit, it's a big aspect in, in it all. So I wanted to ask that because I think that's a question that could probably and might get popped up when you're actually on the phone selling, right? Yeah, and we are GFSI certified, so that right away clears that question. I love it. Food safety. 
All right. So listen, if you were sitting here like you are today and you want to tell our listeners, you know, what is the main thing that you would like to get across to our listeners about uh, Fiddleheads and the Forage Girl? Well, fiddleheads are the next kale. So years ago, people didn't know what kale was. It wasn't a household staple. Same with quinoa. Fiddleheads are the next kale. From a superfood perspective, the fact that they are delicious and the limited availability for just that six weeks, make sure if you go to your grocery store and you don't see fiddleheads within the produce aisle, just ask because that store manager might blink and might miss the season. And we don't want you to miss the season. That's the truth. Well, if anybody uh, wants to reach out to yourself or the organization to get in touch with you, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, multiple ways. Um, I I run all things mostly <laughs> and hire on during the season, but I, I could be the janitor. I could be all things. But you can reach me at Brittany at foragegirl.com through our website, follow our social media channels on our Instagram and, and we'll be happy to hear from you. We love hearing stories of people trying fiddleheads for their first time, what their recipes are. The excitement that we hear from consumers excites me. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast too, Patrick. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I mean, two years running, you know, trying to get you on the show. I mean, there's all, I had to, not even just for the fact that I did that, but now in fiddleheads, I now am educated on the fact when I say asparagus through zucchini, F now has fiddleheads in it, not just figs and other items. We can actually put fiddleheads uh, into this. Now, we're in Canada, everybody, this week. I look forward to seeing you in person. And let's get the Canadian Produce Marketing Association show kicked off. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.